Hello everyone, welcome to Ask the Amigos. This is a show where Aaron and I answer our Discord community's burning questions. So we start things off with Graham W. Vebke, and he asks, IBM infamously decided not to make a PC with a 68,000 and instead selected the 8-bit 8088. I've heard that was because Intel was more familiar with the 8085 in the data master terminals. If IBM instead selected the 68,000, do you think this would have boosted the life of other 68,000-based computers that came after it, like the Amiga, or do you think that machine may never have happened? Feel free to take that one, Boat. Listen, let me break it down for you in detail. No. <laughs> I concur. I don't think it would have made a difference. Uh, if IBM would have released the 68,000, I, I think at this point in time in computer manufacturing, people just wanted to get something out there. And if IBM would have went for the 68,000, it might have made the chip less or more less expensive, you know, sort of the way that the C64 made the 6502 less expensive. But I don't think it would have affected what chip the Amiga used. Yeah, I, this is a. I'm having to reread this because that was a. When you was listening, you read that. I was like, my brain was turning to goo here. So if IBM selected the sixty-eight thousand, do I think it would have boosted the life of other sixty-eight thousand? Yeah, I mean, it would have boosted the life. Sure, if they'd picked that. But I mean, you know, there's no way of knowing. That's kind of weird because the eight hundred eighty-eight to sixty-eight thousand, they're not really that similar. Are yeah, they? the eighty eighty-eight, I think, is a lot older. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. It's real old. Yeah. Uh, Graham also asks, did you ever participate in any fads or trends when growing up? Yes. Uh, let's see. What fads or trends? I, I, I did, uh, um, gosh, I did, I dressed like a lot of people did in the 80s. Blue jeans that were ripped up. Mm -hmm. You know, that shit. That's back now. By I've the heard. Way. I've heard. I mean, are they ripped up? I mean, people looked like they come off a desert island yeah. back in the day. Mm. And then we would wear like. You know the stone wash stuff. Mm -hmm. I used to wear all that stuff. You know. Did you have a mood ring? No, that's that's way before my time. How old do you think I am? I didn't grow up in the sixties <laughs> like a hippie. You know, you know, and uh, uh, parachute pants. I've mentioned that. Hey, listen, the trends of the day. There in West Virginia, the trends of the day came ten years later. Right. So we're just getting some of these trends. What about you? Uh, I did the jean jacket thing. Yeah, I got. A, that hey, was, that was a big thing. I'm still doing that, brother. Skateboarding was a big thing. I had a little, but the skateboard that I had, my parents got this. My mom got it for me. I think at like you know halfway mark or or something like that. It was like it was. It was <laughs> you mean to place those fruit? Right. I think that's what right. they do is use that. I think they, they were I think they were blowing them out over there. This thing was about like one foot long. Yeah. And I used to get mount myself on top of this thing and go down the hill where my parents live. Yeah. And I really, I, I scratched up. I, that's where that scar comes from. Is I, I'd stop myself by just dragging my arm behind me. <laughs> so you're like a caveman? You're telling me you've got a permanent scar on your hand from your skateboarding Oh, yeah. yeah. How come you and Flock haven't gotten together? I know. Like, I know. Is there a video of this? The, unfortunately, there's not. But I do have a picture of the skateboard I'll share with you yeah. at some point in the future. It's, I, in my mind, it's like the control panel Chad had. You know, it's made <laughs> it's, of like rough wood and bark. Well, it's funny because we made a skateboard pyramid and mine being only one foot long is at the top. So <laughs> I love it. Um, do you consider retro gaming as a fad or trend now? No. Well, yes. I think for some people it is. You know, I mean, but I think there's a lot of lifers in there. Here's the thing is, retro gaming isn't the same as when I started. It's still there, but it's like a whole different thing. You know what I mean? Right. Now, I will tell you this. 
I started reading the questions from last month. I remember neither that. of us. Neither of us. No, uh, I did. Oh, I you did. did. So you didn't stop. Because last year, no, I just thought you came up with other fans. Because I'm parachute pants is what I said last time. Listen, we're moving on. This is a question. We're, I want to make sure that this is right here. Okay, we are reading from the correct questions this time. Okay. When Graham asks questions, that's answer them over and over. That's true. That's, the way I do that's it. true. Uh, David Hearn Ryder writes, what's more useful, a screen door on a submarine or the AGA chipset? Uh, AJ chipset. It's great. As Listen, Amiga Attic made a list of how great it is. Yeah, they made a list. So there you go. Hey, listen, AGA's coming into its own right now. It's coming into some It took a thing. while. It took a while. Well, great. Yeah. What about you? Well, there. I mean, there, physically and mentally and spiritually, there's nothing worse than the AGA chipset. Because, not because of what it was, but because of what it wasn't. You're just, you're it gonna, is the promise unfulfilled. Promise unfulfilled. What it is is like the stop gap. It's something, and something was better than nothing. And that's where uh, that's what it was. David Cavalieri writes, Ooh. esteemed gentleman. Oh, which websites do you visit when looking for retro gaming news and info? Uh, Lemon, uh, Moby, um, Hardcore One Hundred One. Uh, I'll go to uh, Hardcore Hall- Gaming One Hundred One. Yeah, Hardcore. If you get a Hardcore One Hundred One, you might not want to go there. Listen, go to Bone. Uh, uh, Hall of Light, Indie Retro. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound vain, but our own sites because I, our own videos because we've done we've been around for so long that sometimes I remember, again I can't tell you because I looked something up that we've done something about it at some point. So that that comes up a lot. What about you? Slashdot, go there for. Uh, I love Slashdot, but I never. For, I guess that's not really retro gaming. I was thinking about just like tech in general. I love you. Co- you, you covered all the sites that I go to. Yeah, lemon. Oh, you know one you go to a lot is that is the uh, Amiga, Polish one. Uh, Amiganews.de. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I get a lot of our news stories from. Um, Pajaco sixty five oh two asks: Is all your retro gaming stuff cataloged and or priced estimated? No, I tried to I tried to enter all my stuff into a database. Mm-hmm. I've got the database. But my, it's all my software, and like that's sort of some of it's changed, and none of my hardware is in any of that stuff hardly. So no, I have so little stuff that I don't need to do that because I can just look in my basement, and everything that I have, I can see. I've got a catalog of just a crap boat dish to in my back seat. Yeah, that should be cataloged because <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff. The stuff that boat didn't want. I'm looking over some of it right now. It's everywhere. Um, Adam Commodore Chronicles asks. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Um, he doesn't ask a question. He just commented. I is too Scooby asks. There was always a persistent <laughs> rumor when I was a regular at the arcades that someone tying a string to a drilled quarter and was able to use it to get free games by inserting it until it tripped a credit switch and then pulling it back out with the string. Did you ever see one of these mythological contraptions with your own eyes? Well, I have seen gimmick quarters, but that's it. That doesn't work because if you have ever used a coin mech, which I have. Unfortunately, I had to tangle with many a coin mech. They've got a little gimmick that keeps from do- that from yeah, you working. Can't, you can't physically pull it back It won't back come out. back. Yeah. So, effectively, I, you'll, what you'll find in the coin slot is someone's quarter with a hole in it and a string tied to it. And don't get me wrong, you can still screw up your coin mech, but you're not going to get any games. Now, if you were to remove the little door thing, but the problem is the door thing is the thing that gives you the credit. Mm-hmm. So, it's double trouble. Right. So, there may be some ancient coin mechs or some older games that didn't have that functionality, but most modern stuff, all modern stuff, yeah. that won't work. But even my even my pinball machine from the 70s, like yeah. from 74, it still has that sort yeah, of thing. I mean, it's so. the kind of crap you can see, like an R gang or right. something. And even back then, they were like, they were, I mean, these guys aren't morons. They built a pinball machine. You don't think they can keep it from the old quarter with the string gimmick? 
Um, is to Scoopy also asks, what was the most money you ever spent on playing games in one arcade visit? Well, twenty five dollars comes to mind because we just that's probably that's probably the most. It was and it was at the last arcade we went to. <laughs> okay, let's 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 forget about that. Is there one time you went to the arcade? Okay, I'll give you. An, here's mine. One time I went to Rock Lake, yeah. me and Hat Chad, and we're like, we're gonna beat X Men. And so I pumped a roll full of quarters into yeah. X-Men to get through it. You get it? Yeah, yeah. we beat it. Uh, you know, I was usually, didn't have a lot of money. So I don't remember, I never in my whole life got to a place where I could just go in there and just go crazy, ever. Uh, um, the arcade we just went to that I referenced, that's easily the most gaming I've ever done in one setting. Oh, yeah. By a long shot. Yeah. Including, I mean, I had a arcade machine where I worked. You know, in a pinball machine, but I, was, but I mean, that's even then not as much. Yeah. So yeah, I, this was like a dream. Now, what, did you ever snack it up at the arcade? Did you at the arcade? Did you ever just load up on tons of snacks? That's the second part of his question. No, because most of the arcades I went to didn't have food. Mm. Yeah. I mean, unless you were even places that did have food, you couldn't have the food around the arcade machine. See, I always for me my my seminal arcade as a youth uh, when I was in high school was the old Rock Lake. Yeah, and they did have food there. They had popcorn. You got the popcorn and the Coke. In the twenty five tokens at Midnight Madness, that was a great deal. Yeah, over there. and they had, they had some good games that they got beat up, mm-hmm. but they had some good games over there. But I mean, I'm trying to think of any arcade anywhere where I could just come over with like a bunch of food and then play the game while eating. I mm-hmm. can't think of a single one. It's hard to play and eat at the same time anyway. Yeah. So, okay, Pajaco asks, you can either visit Earth in a parallel universe or an alien planet in a distant galaxy. Okay, so here we go. Let me read this one more time. You can either visit Earth in a parallel universe mm-hmm. or an alien planet in a distant galaxy. Mm. Uh, Star Trek rules apply. You can breathe and you can understand what the people or aliens say and you can come back whenever you want. For me, it's no question. Give me the alien planet in a distant galaxy. I don't want to see a weird, screwed up, bizarro planet Earth. Well, it depends if the parallel Earth, I was like really cool in that one. If, I don't know how it could be cool than I am now, but you know, if there was one where I was like... The King Dong of the planet. I'd go, if you could pick the parallel but, Earth, I don't think that. I don't think that's. that's Otherwise, an yeah, aliens. Yeah, gotta go see the aliens, man. Graham Vebke asks here says we have had quite the debate on the Discord album of the week channel about AI and its progress and its inevitable infiltration into the music industry. Yeah, I could only seem to focus on the bad things corporations will use this for to undercut musicians, and it will probably impact many other industries and even day to day people. Can you change my mind on this? No. It's going to, all the bad stuff is going to happen, but there's going to be good stuff and it's going to be cool. So we, we talked about this in the car on the way up to Chicago where you're going to be, you're, you're going to hear albums that bands never made and they're going to be great because mm-hmm. uh, they've got enough to make them great, you know, and not to mention you've got unlimited time, and unlimited resources. You can sit there and have the AI make 10 million albums mm-hmm. and you pick out a hundred great songs and you've got a hundred songs. So it's a it's a mixed bag. The whole AI doing this stuff, it's going to be a change. And for artists, and for writers, and for uh, reporters, and, and journalists, and musicians, all that, they're going to they're going to get screwed a little bit on this one. I don't well, see how it's going to even more than now. And even now, it's even before AI. You're going to have to. People are always going to have to start selling themselves in their story. You can't just sell yourself on the content alone. You have to sell yourself as a total package, like us. We're the total package. I think if you're an artist, I like I'll, I'll watch this guy. I like I like his stuff. I can't remember his name, but here recently he's been going out in the street and doing these little concerts, right? 
and he's a, he does he's got a sampling board. He mm-hmm. sings. He does these samples of keyboards, and he's entertaining as hell. I think you're gonna. It's almost like going back to vaudeville. You're gonna have people that are. That's how you're gonna right. make the money. It's gonna be like going back to vaudeville. It's exactly right. Hey, look at yeah. that. Look at that. We yeah. teamed up on that one. Yeah. Good job, boat. Um, Graham also writes: floppy disks are starting to fail more so than more so the three point five than the five and a quarter ones in his own experience. Yeah. There are times when you need to use this media rather than an SD card type replacement. So other than taking punts on online auction sites, buying people's random disks, formatting them, hoping for the best, is there any more reliable ways of acquiring them that you know of? I honestly don't know why you need to use floppy disks anymore. Like, what? what is a... Where, where, where are we... Where there are we, some... Like, I'll give you a couple examples. Okay. Sewing machines. Okay. Um, there are also some places that have... Like uh, entrenched PCs with specialized hardware, uh, and uh, the one that comes to mind is the water the water system at a couple local uh, water treatment plants. Not mm-hmm. local to here, but like up, I used to do their computers, and they're so old and ancient. Like GoTex, they're not going to work. You're going to have to use. And so if they if they need discs, they're going to need discs if they whatever they need them for. So I mean, let's pretend. Okay, let's say those are both crap. There's probably something out there. The question: Where would you get the disc when you can't buy new ones? Well, I think you can still buy some new old stock for discs, now, right. but ultimately those will all go away. Right. And so my thing would be uh, that's when you call up the pirates, the nineteen, like a good guy. If you need discs, call up Rob Flack O'Hara. Call the Chud. These guys, because one thing about piracy, you're often taking. Because if you're a hardcore pirate, your collection's sacred to you, right? Mm-hmm. And you're you're going to make a copy of something. You're never going to use that disc again. And that copy, so the discs have probably only been written one time, right, right? So you don't have to, and they probably haven't been played that much. So that's who you go after. You find people that had enormous bootleg collections from the '80s and '90s, and you buy their collection. Yeah. That's what I would. Do. I just wonder if um, I just wonder if we will ever actually run out of, of discs because obviously there's a limited supply. However. More and more of these nuclear silos or water supply systems are yeah. upgrading their systems, so maybe we'll never we'll never run out because we'll never have to. It is. It's a lot like VCR tapes. Right. I mean, they're they're out there, but you may they may not be as many as you want, or can, and you're at the look for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Pajaco Pajaco sixty five oh two asks, Have you ever found anything stashed in any retro gaming stuff you bought, like money or drugs? Both. I found money and drugs. I found well, I found the remnants of drugs, the pot, and I found m- money. I found money in a lot of machines. No, I'm, I'd never scored like Flax got a story where he made more money opening the machine than the machine cost. Like mm-hmm. I never had that happen. But even a couple bucks that some cause quarters will fly out of the. But have you ever found in in a, uh, I uh, with arcade machines that makes sense. Yeah. But like, have you ever found like five bucks and like that old port under the NES or anything like that? No, me neither. I've never found anything like that. Yeah. Um, BS Bennett asks, "What's a game that you would have loved to have seen a sequel that never got one?" Uh, Moonstone. That's, that's not a bad. That's, that's not bad. the what first thing because we just we were just talking about it. That game, there's tons of stuff you can do to make that a way more fun, and a modern sequel would be, would be real awesome. Mm-hmm. So that that's an easy answer. Not just because we're, and I'm not just saying because we just did it on Amiga. That's a that game would be great. And the thing is, I could say something like Lionheart or something. Okay, but I mean, I'm talking about a game that could be like Lionheart's great now. 
I'm talking about a game that could be improved tremendously with a sequel, and I think a game like um, Moonstone could be a modern sequel, multiple joysticks. We talked about on the show, multiple players in the same space. Mm-hmm. Something like Archon's another one. I'd like to see four-player Archon. That'd be a lot of fun. Something like that. But the Archon got a sequel. No, a modern sequel that's not craft. That has four okay. people. So you're answering multiple. another question at this point. I, I make okay. my own up when I don't like um, it. For me, and it's, listen, and I'm saying this as the spirit of the wheel, no one can stop Mr. Domino needs a sequel, and I'm hopeful that your upcoming episode will be the catalyst that makes this happen. We'll see. Look, we got a couple votes in the chip top banana, too. <laughs> you people are fools. <laughs> Ravi asks, have you ever eaten Caribbean food, and what is the availability like in the States? There used to be a Jamaican restaurant in South Charleston. Yeah, uh, I ate there one. Yeah, I ate there, too. It was good. But that's it. I don't know if you there's... You like, a, jerk stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if there's another one around. I had some pulled pork mm-hmm. um, and pulled with chicken. pineapple slices yeah. or something on it, right. and it was good. Yeah. Now, is this uh, was this authentic Caribbean food? I have no idea. But it was good, but I don't know that there's another one in the area. That's well, and that, that place went out of business years and ago. That, uh, and I just happened to... We just went there as a, as a, as a lark. We were messing around the mound one mm-hmm. time. There's also a Chinese food. I don't know if it's still up there, it's too. Still there. It was good. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um, and Ravi also asks, what's the worst hotel or motel experience you've ever had? When I See, people, I'm going to talk to the younger folk. Right? Okay. When I was a little kid and the family went on a trip, there wasn't no, like, looking stuff up on Yahoo or Google or even knowing where you were going to stop. Mm-hmm. The old man would be like, okay, we're going to go here. Everyone in the car with your stuff. And we would just drive until the old man got tired. And then we would go to the first motor lodge you could find. Mm-hmm. right? And these motor lodges, you know when you watch old movies, they've got like the, you go in that room and it looks like a dump and they've got the bed with the coin slot. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just exactly like that. Mm-hmm. We would get there at like 11 o'clock. We'd all be dead tired. We'd stagger to the... St- and also, everyone smoked back in those mm-hmm. days, so everything smelled like smoke. Mm-hmm. You know? And also, we often... Put, we didn't stay at ho- that many hotels. It was always motor lodge, a motel, where you you literally pull up. You don't go in a hallway. Yeah, the room is right... It's, it's right off the, access. It's right yeah. off the parking lot. You know? And this is where we would stay. And many of these were horrible. Spot... I mean, but it was different in the 70s. That's all I can say. And the approach was different. Because we would, we knew it wouldn't be that good. Dad was like, okay, we're going to get a cheap. We'd just go in there and sleep. We wouldn't do anything. I don't remember even watching TV. Because we usually get there kind of late. And then the next day, we'd just get up and we were gone. You know, we didn't eat the breakfast or nothing. They didn't have no breakfast. And most of them didn't have cable and stuff mm-hmm. either. There were some that have TV. Oh, yeah, because that was a big thing. When they did have TV, they'd put it up on the sign. TV. Yeah, and, and sometimes they didn't have AC. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a long time ago. So... The worst modern hotel room I've slept in is a hundred times better than the hotel rooms I slept in as a kid, dozens of times. So there's that. Um, by and large, I've never had a bad hotel experience, um, and I think a lot of it is because of the internet. We talk about all oh, the internet sucks, life's going to hell, whatever. Well, listen, the internet's made stuff better. Technology's made stuff better. Now that people can write reviews of stuff, hey, guess what happens? Stuff gets better. Yeah. And, um, like, the worst thing that's ever happened is, like, we walked into the Pipe Stem Lodge one time in our room, and our room was completely flooded. But guess what happened? We went to the front desk, and we said, hey, our room's flooded, and they gave us another room. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. The worst places I ever stayed, ever, 
were tents. Tent, yeah. like it, like jamboree. Oh yeah, I told you, Blackwater Falls. Where I t- camped out mm-hmm. there. Like I would take the worst hotel room over. Oh a tent. yeah, those tents at Dilly's Mill. When you're freezing your butt off yeah. and those things. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. man. I don't, that's, I, camping. It sounds like a good idea until the deal goes down. Right. You know. Um, is two Scooby asks? Do you believe exorcisms are real? That's a very topical question. Because really, sure. Because uh, the the uh, there's a well there's a movie out. Look at that! I forgot to turn my ringer off. There's a movie out right now that's called The Pope's Exorcist mm-hmm. that was sort made made a lot of headlines. Right. Plus, there's a store there. There's an actual guy that was like a big time exorcist that's been, was in the news recently. So, do I believe it's real? To believe in exorcism, you have to believe in religion full stop. And I do believe in religion, but I don't necessarily have one. So I would I would say it's just a tough call, because I, I, I've I've been to conferences and and classes taught by an exorcist, an mm. actual. I mean, right. I don't mean just some schmo, it's not like the psychic bigfoot fair. hunter. I right. mean a real guy that like was employed, right. you know, and like he didn't screw around. And there was also I went to one with a demonologist. Mm. These guys aren't just like jokers. I mean, these guys are educated at like super duper state you or whatever. They're smart mm-hmm. guys. So they there's enough out there to say. There's something there, but I have to say I don't believe in them. But I could be one over. How about that? Okay. Now, what about you? Because you're a religious fellow, and this sort of falls in that realm. What well, do you think? Well, you know, it's you go back to sort of the first principles of the thing. Okay. Yeah. So if you believe in exorcisms, you believe that there, like you said, there, you believe that there are evil powers in the world. Yeah. That are beyond our capabilities to sort of sense. Yeah. Right. And so. Yeah, I think that there are. I believe that there is a God, and I believe that there is Satan, and I believe that Satan has can get power over people. I don't understand why. I don't understand how often this occurs, but I believe that there have been times in the past where there have been sort of demonic possessions, and I believe in the power of people to sort of draw those things out. I do. Satan's a top-level heel worker. He can go. Yeah. And so if there is a devil... And he can do this stuff. It makes it, it sounds horrible to say this, but it does make things a little more interesting for a non-believer. It's like, oh man, look at that. So I would, I, you know, I'm not, I certainly wouldn't say there's no way. How about that? Okay. Um, let's see here. Lord Soup asks, if you could slap a developer for a crap sequel to a great game, who would it be? Well, I don't want to slap anybody. I do. Okay. I used to love this game, and this is fresh in my mind. Okay. I loved a game called Def Jam, Fight for New York. Mm -hmm. This was an awesome game. Mm -hmm. You covered it on ARG. That's right. They made a sequel for it called Def Jam Icons. Okay? They took the 60 roster that was in the second game, and they cut it down to, like, 28 or something. So they cut the roster. Well, it's less than half the original roster. But I mean, 28, that's a lot of guys. And then they took the cool wrestling engine that Aki made that Mm -hmm. was awesome. And they, instead of using that, they used the engine for like Fight Night 3. Not good. And then they made it so like when you fight, everything in the background bounces around like to a beat or whatever. It seemed like a good idea Mm -hmm. for him. But this game killed the series, killed it dead. Mm -hmm. 
And I love that series. So that's just, I just had to watch the show the other night. That, I thought in my head that one pops into my mind. Mm-hmm. Pissed me off, Boat. Yeah. I'm sure you can think of something. Oh, yeah. I mean, most sequels are not as good as the originals. Uh, TNC Surf Designs 2, Thrillers Safari. They had a 2 in yeah. that? Yeah. That game's no good. There's the, a reason why you don't know about it. The first one wasn't even uh, awesome. Also, game. Skate or Die 2, that game's horrible. Because they turned it into a side scrolling platformer on a skateboard. Really? Yeah. No that does good. sound bad. Yeah. Um, David Hearn Ryder asks, favorite Street Fighter 2 character? Traditionally, I always played Chun-Li. However, there was a change to my favorite character, and the change was I changed over to Blanca. The Chud taught me how to play Street Fighter, and he used to beat the tar out of me with Blanca, and I played Chun-Li, and eventually I I bested him with Chun-Li, and he couldn't beat me. So then as a jerk... I decided to start beating him with his own guy, oh. and I fell in love with that guy. I bet he, I bet he hated it. Didn't yeah, he? and also uh, just a, a, a uh, honorable mention for Doll Sim. I like the fact that he's this thin geek who can, and he's stretchy. Mm-hmm. I like that's kind of funny, so I like him too. Yeah, I think Doll Sim is my favorite character just because he's so cool and yeah. different. But I always play Ken because that's the only guy. I know Man, not for. him. Everyone um, plays yeah, him. I know. Well, I'm not. I'm not a cool Street Fighter Two player like you are. Are you good at that game? No. Oh. I don't think I, we've I, ever I, fought I, each other. I never put any time into any fighting game other than your least favorite one. Which one? Killer Instinct. What about that game we played at the arcade? Tattoo, Tattoo Assassins. <laughs> you were killing <laughs> we'll, me at that. We'll get we'll get to we'll get to our uh, arcade adventures later on in the questions. Ravi asks, "Have you met a president?" No. Okay, let me let me ask you a follow up question. What is the highest up politician you've ever met? Like actually talk to governor or senator, I would say I, I met both. One of each. Who so, did you meet? Uh, governor, um, who was the governor back in those days? Uh, one of the gov- the governor came to my graduation at when I graduated from. So you NBC. actually sat down and talked to him. I met him. It didn't say I had to have a conversation. I was just. Curious. I said thank you. I, this is this is my other. This is my question. Like, have and you it, ever have you ever talked to anybody like as high a, up in politics? As a child, uh huh. My granny worked on Jay Rockefeller's. Uh, on all of his committees and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and I met him. So those are the two Rockefeller's guys. pretty pretty high up there. Well, I mean, it's about the same. Yeah. But, but, uh, but no, I mean, there's it's, here's a newsflash, everybody. Not, not a lot of the big-time politicians are rolling through Hurricane. Like, even if I'd say <laughs> Hurricane was the biggest town in West Virginia, they're still not coming. Right. Right. They, they don't ever come here. Although Trump comes to West Virginia quite often. Well, he does come occasionally, but and I'm not going out of my way to meet him. Yeah. Um, what about you? Oh, well, I didn't know if you were curious about me or not. That's both of them. Oh, well, no, of course I've never met a president. Right, anybody never, else? But, I mean, I've talked to Joe Manchin because he came to he came to my school and he hung out with me in the band room. So, <laughs> oh, your story crushes mine. Well, that's, that's yeah, but that's the... So what's he like? He's cool. I mean, like, I know people are so... I like Joe Manchin, and I liked him even before he became a supporter of the Winfield Middle School Band Program. I love I love guys that are contrarian to their party. Because to me, that's the only people that can actually get stuff done. So, like, I liked McCain when he was a turncoat to the Republicans. I like I like Manchin when he sticks it to the Democrats. Well, I agree with that. Uh, but unfortunately, everyone's crooked. That's a whole other story. David Hearn Ryder asks, Do you think an Amiga-themed wrestler could have worked? Special moves included the Guru Meditation Guillotine, <laughs> the Lotus Leg Drop, the Turrican Toss, yeah. and the Moonstone Mongolian Chop. I love it, man. That should be your next book, David. After Escape from the Amiga, you need to be, you need to, you could actually make a promotion. 
You could create a a, 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 a a book. Has there ever been an effective novelization? Remember when you were a kid and you went to the book fair? I always bought the novelizations of the movies that were out yeah, at the time. Yeah, I read some of those. All the Star Wars. Right, e. right. Did they ever have a wrestling one? It was like Hulk Hogan. There may be book. someone in our Discord right now working on on a some sort of comic level wrestling book. Oh, I don't. It's okay. a project that is in the works. I, don't, okay. I can't dish out on it, but yes. Uh, in turn, you know, it's funny because I actually designed. You know, Larry, my buddy Larry, Leroy, mm-hmm. for Christmas, you know, back in the old days, we were playing Tetsuro shooting on the PlayStation back at the house mm-hmm. up in, in Lexington. He has he had a guy in that game, and he had he got bought a mask. He had it designed a mask, and they sent it to him from Mexico. It's a mask that he made up in the game, you know, and he got his son one too. It's really cool. And I thought to myself, hey, I could design a mask, and then I forgot about it for years. But when we started this show, I thought it'd be cool to have like an Amiga mask. And it'd be like the checkerboard, you know, the red mm-hmm. and white. So I, I thought it's still ticking around in my mind to get an Amiga luchador mask because you got to have a mask to be the masked Amiga. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's true. System I like Chris, those ideas. System Chris, tell me you're not friends with anybody in the Taxon family. That's no good. They're a crooked bunch. All right, Kit asks, what's something non-gaming related that's on your bucket list that you haven't done yet? Ugh. There's a lot. I'm so sure. What about you? Non-gaming related? Uh, oh, yeah. Was there any gaming related stuff on your bucket list? No. Okay. I've already it. done everything I want to do gaming-wise. But, um, I mean, there's still tons of places I'd love to travel to, like this summer. Again, I'm going to all these Nor- or, uh, Scandinavian countries. It's going to be great. Yeah. I, my bucket, what, my major bucket list is to get healthier, which so far, the, Me I'm, too. Kick, I'm kicking that bucket. <laughs> uh, 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 I, that's really a thing I'd like to do. Um I would like to do a little more traveling, you know. I just want to live a good life. I'm not saying I'm not now, but, you know, I don't, I don't sit around thinking, like, man, I wish you could do this or do that. I mean, yeah, because then I feel kind of greedy, you know. Well, I mean, there's other stuff that I'd like. Remember when you used to have this dream of launching a pirate radio station out of your house? It's. I was just thinking about that today because I was thinking what a great thing to do is put it out the river because mm-hmm. there's nothing up there to listen to. There's no radio at all. So I'd right. be the only radio station. Right. That so, I mean, that's out. like a bucket list thing. Well, I mean, but if I don't do it, it's not like I'm going to be screwed for life. Right. Well, know? I don't think that's the way bucket lists work. I, look, I feel like that I've exceeded any bucket list I had, and now it's just all icing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a pretty happy guy. Yeah, me too. Matthew Perrone asks, have you ever traveled up north to my beautiful Quebec? No. In fact, I learned that Quebec is eight hours north of Toronto. Yeah. So it is It is a ways up there. I have been to Toronto. I've not been to Quebec. Ravi asks, which salad is the best salad? Uh, I like Caesar salad. That's my favorite. Cobb salad's good, too. I don't really like salad because I don't like lettuce. Uh, I'm trying to think what, if there's anything that Fruit has... salad? Taco salad? I don't like any of those. Potato uh, salad? No, absolutely not. So I guess the answer is no. You, that, don't, you don't like See the last question about getting healthy, and then you can understand the problem <laughs> I'm fine. Because I don't like most salad stuff. I don't like raw vegetables is the problem. Mm. You know? Pixels of Dawn asks, if you could have a replica weapon from a t- film or TV series, what would it be? <laughs> He says, I already know Aaron's answer. Yeah. What a stupid question. It's the, it's the glaive, brother. But if I could pick another, you go ahead and I'll think of another one. Um, I'd like to have Glamdring. Glamdring is Gandalf's sword oh, in Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. That would be, yeah. Um, if for anyone just to have that, you don't mm-hmm. use it. Mm-hmm. But who's going to screw with you? Right, you exactly. Know? That would be cool. Um, or Sting, if it would glow blue yeah. when bad stuff Remember, was around. Remember, listen. 
Remember when you were, I don't know how old you were when you first read The Hobbit. As a middle school. All right, me too. Mm-hmm. All right. And the scenes where you learn about thing and just picture it in your mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I just go back and I get a warm feeling just thinking about that because just because uh, at the time D and D was really something I didn't know much about, mm-hmm. and the, that sort of thing. Just like you could see how the draw. Of oh that, yeah. You're just like oh, oh yeah. it's so freaking cool. Yep, absolutely. You know, it's the first thing I thought of when I had mm-hmm. to think of something else. I was like, man, I, I could go for Sting. And the thing is, in, in the hierarchy of cool weapons. Like it's it's not really in. It's that. not up there, but it's cool to me. If I'm gonna pick a weapon from the, the, the they say TV and movie because I've mm-hmm. got one, but it's from film a D&D, or, yeah film or TV. It's a D and D module, but I think this does appear in some film. The Black Razor. It's from a, a module in D and D called the White Plume Mountain. It's 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 an intelligent chaotic evil sword. It would take me over, and also you have to <laughs> if you don't give it blood every so often, it takes your blood. Oh, but I mean it's it's the Black Freaking Razor. That's why. <laughs> Um, let's see, uh, is two Scooby asks, what is your policy on spiders in the house? Live or let live, carefully move spider outside, deploy lethal anti-spider countermeasures, or run away screaming? It was the last two. I'm, I'm okay with spiders, as long as I don't see them. Do your thing in the shadows, like a ninja, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But when you see them, that's no good. It's over. Gotta, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'll kill a spider, because they can bite you. The chud won't kill anything. It could be like 300 cockroaches. He'll be getting a shoebox. Mm. I've seen him do this. Mm. He kept a cricket as a pet for like, I didn't know how long a cricket would last. It was like months. Wow. What do you feed a cricket? I don't, I don't know. Grass or I don't know. Other, I don't know. Noah Chad, Mountain Dew and Doritos, <laughs> I guess. Pixels of Dawn asks, often 8 and 16-bit games can have a limited storytelling scope. What game you've played for Amigos do you want a deeper look at the lore and backstory for? Well, I'll tell you, this is a apt time to ask this question. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about the Moonstone lore and backstory. I think that would be cool. You could do a lot of cool Arthurian stuff with that. Remember that game we played was the, when you are on that train in that Iceland? Yeah. That came with a novella? Yeah. I want a novella like Transartica. that. Transartica. Yeah, because that, 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 now see, they covered all the bases in mm-hmm. that. That, that, was, that is a cool game. But there is. are plenty of, like... I would like to have a. It's not really. A, I would like to know what happened afterwards, and like I'd like to have a novella that is it picks up immediately at the mm. end of Jim Power. That's <laughs> that's what I'd like to know. Like that girl, the stun girl. What is what? How's that relationship go? <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be great. That's the one I would pick. Uh, Mitsuyama asks, "What is one person you'd least like to share an eight-hour car journey with?" I'm going to say most people. You have to, they're like, I just don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time with most people. You have to be a special sort of person. Eight hours, we don't, we, eight hours is a long time. Of course, he's referencing our trip mm-hmm. that we just took. We were in a car 16 hours, yeah. a round trip. And uh, we got along famously, didn't we, yeah. Boat? Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't always probably be that way because we could sometimes get into it. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying to think who would. Drive me the nuttiest for eight hours. There's so you know those people just kind of annoy you. Mm-hmm. Like they're, I mean, you like them, they're maybe your buddy, but mm-hmm. like you don't want to really see them that much. Limited quantities. There's some. I can't really say the women I would not want to ride with. You know, I'll tell you one thing. I, one time I took this little kid to. I, I talked to you about this to the rodeo. You know, I'm not going to say your name, but it was one of Luke's buddies, mm-hmm. all right, with this rodeo. And this little kid was the most demanding, ingrateful little kid I've ever seen. 
And I would not want to take that kid on an eight-hour car ride. Sounds so good. I'm going to say that name. Pajaco asks, what's the worst injury you inflicted upon yourself while repairing <laughs> retro gaming stuff? Oh, God. Let's see. I've burned myself countless times. I've shocked myself countless times. But I have sliced myself open so many times on the... In fact, I was just watching LGR and he was getting in this old case, mm-hmm. and he... And, it was razor sharp, yeah. and they all were like mm-hmm. that back in the day. I've cut my hand open. My hands are pretty bleedy anyway. I've cut my hand open long ways right down to the palm of my hand mm-hmm. on this one case. That's no good. And something else that's real brutal is when you're handling a motherboard, and it's got all the stuff, all the pin-through hole stuff. Mm-hmm. I have scratched the crap out of myself on those. And on top of the fact that you scratch the crap out of yourself, you've got all that uh, fluxy metal crud in mm-hmm. the wounds. Yeah. You got to go treat that. That's no good. That's you know, no good. No good. So that's happened tons of times. I tend to inflict injury on the equipment. <laughs> yeah. Have you, you've soldered iron before, yeah. right? Have you burnt yourself? I've been iron? lucky. I've been lucky. I have not burned myself with the solder. Man, iron. I have burnt myself so many times over the years. And we used to have those big BGA chip places and the, and the flat pack machine, mm-hmm. and that thing gets like lava hot, mm-hmm. you know. And I've touched that. Solder pot. One time I wasn't paying attention. I grabbed hold of the where the solder was it, but where I'd just been. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I mean you burns on your mm-hmm. hands and stuff. Oh man, it sucks. Yeah, no good. Many times. Uh Rabbi asks, would you review an Amiga game positively if you were sent bribes and money or hardware from the developer, like some of the old magazine reviewers? That really that really gets me, that question. I'll tell you why. The greedy, uh, like, old-school pirate, Aaron, absolutely. I would pay all of me up. But and but now, if I if I did that, I would... It's, no one's going to buy this. But I would kind of feel bad because... And also, people know. People know if something's no good. And if you say it's good and it's no good, they're going to wonder what the heck you're on. You know, and so there's also that. Now, depending on how great the item is, maybe, I don't know. What about you? Well, here's the thing. That's not exactly what went on. What went on was you have a fair to middling game, and then all of a sudden the developer takes you out for a nice steak dinner. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this fair to middling game becomes, okay, well, this is a mostly positive review, whereas before it wouldn't have been. I see. It's It's very shades of gray. What do you say about that? Yeah. Like, listen, I'm willing to be influenced. You are? Yeah, heck yeah. If I was a reviewer back in the day, and listen, most of these reviewers, they were barely out of their teens. <sighs> right. Okay? They're not making tons of money. And if a, if a guy from Ocean comes down and says, hey, let's go to the pub. I'm going to buy you a nice dinner. Okay? Next time you review an Ocean game, hey, you know, it's got some problems, but overall it's pretty good. We're going to give it a crash smash. But, I mean, what about now? Now? It depends on how big the bribe is. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's okay to have a price as long as it's a high price. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna get out there and say top banana is the best game ever. I will. But if, uh-huh. if you grease my palms a little bit, I may say, well, you know, like uh, I'm trying to think of some game that was like Jim Power. I'm gonna say, yeah, Jim Power is a console quality game. Okay, I would not say that unless I had some money in my pocket, which is hilarious because it was on console. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Because what people want to hear is like I'm beyond the ability to be bribed, or, but I mean you got to be realistic. Yeah, yeah. You know? And also, 
No, it's perfect. Yeah. I guess. Also, I mean, we're in America. Lobbyists are in our blood. It's what well, we, we do. I, we hate that though. We don't like that. We're I good. like it when I'm on the good side. Yeah. David Z asks two part question. Part one: What was your favorite part of Coco Fest? My favorite part of Coco Fest. Well, and I'm going to take the non Coco Fest parts out of this. Okay, we, that's a weird thing to do. You know, like when we did arcade, for example. Oh, okay. That's what I, I see I mean. what you mean. Yeah. So my favorite part of Coco Fest, I really enjoyed. I hate to say because I was scared to death, but I did enjoy doing the show. That was actually pretty fun. I thought we had a pretty good show. Yeah. You know, we, we had, had our outfits on. Mm-hmm. We had Elkers Boyle there to kind of pick up the slack, mm-hmm. and the crowd seemed receptive. That mm-hmm. was, and it was a good house, packed house to watch because you never know. Yeah. And we're we're really playing. We're not vaudevillians. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, do we entertain you? I don't know. But they showed up or didn't leave for the previous show to watch what we did. A lot of them didn't know who we were. And so I thought that was, it turned out great. You know, so that was, I know that's cheesy, but I thought that was pretty good. Just because I thought it would be a disaster. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So what about you? My favorite part of the show was watching yet another elderly gentleman approach you, sidle up to you, and begin talking to you and knowing full well that at any point I can just get up and leave. <laughs> I will say, from the time I sat down on sa- on Saturday morning... Until we went to do our show, I almost perpetually had people at the table, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yep. And uh, and some of them knew who had heard of me. Some of them were like, oh, yeah, you. Some of them had no idea who we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them came over just specifically to buy a poster. Uh, some of them wanted pictures. Some of them didn't. But they were a lot of people were very talkative. There was a, Did you talk to the guy from Columbia? Yeah. That was another part that was yeah. really fun. Mm-hmm. This guy from Columbia had all of his... He somehow his mom had stored all of his old cocoa club stuff, all mm-hmm. his paperwork and pirate lists of games. And he sat down and told me the whole story about how the cocoa worked in Columbia. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so we always had fun people to talk to, and I was never bored the whole day. And I, I wasn't was, yeah, I was worried about that. Yeah, I was never bored either. I think that they uh my, my honestly, all jokes aside, my favorite part of going anywhere is just talking to people about something they're passionate about. Yeah, and trust me, people are passionate about the Cocoa Cocoa Fest. Oh, we met we met uh, Paco Take. Yeah, that was yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, let's see, and then uh, David Z's other question: What's a fun story during the drive, either to or from Cocoa Fest? <clears throat> well, I will. Uh, it's a fun story, but. Uh, you know, if you don't know me and Bo, like, in person, like, they don't know us. Let's right. pretend, right? So, like, we're in the car, right? We're chatting. And I, I can't tell you the number of times where I thought to myself, I could just hit record, and then we could just upload this, and no one would ever know mm-hmm. that we were in a car. Because we we can't not act this way. Right. I'm a, I'm <laughs> it's a fault of mine. But but we just we just talked about every sort of thing you could think of for 16 hours. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we're lucky because in a lot of ways, we're sort of like, we have sort of a similar um, philosophy on like politics and a sort of a similar philosophy on gaming Some and sort of we're in the same ballpark and a lot of music. And so <clears throat> we don't really clash heads all that much. Plus, Boat has a lot of cool experiences that I've never had. So I like listening to like your stories and I like to learn about what happens at schools yeah. and stuff. So there was a lot of that. And Aaron there. has the best friends. He's got great friend stories. Like all of my friends are boring. All of your friends are dynamic. You know my friends. No, Big Head, uh, Rich. 
Well, yeah. I mean, that that whole parade of characters. And, of course, I've never met any of these people, so in my mind, they all look awesome. Yeah, they did look pretty awesome. Yeah. Was, but the, it was... Gina? The, yeah, the, the, eight, the eight hours up and back. And also, Boat has the same philosophy in terms of stopping the car that yeah. I do. We're I'm a no, frequent stopper. We're no huge hurry. Yep. We, we meander a little, mm-hmm. and we stand. The funny thing is, you can meander. We cost us what forty minutes or yeah, whatever. Who nothing. cares? No time. You know, and so that was fine. So yeah, the trip up and back, it was dandy. In terms of the best stories we, that we talked about, we talked about AI a lot. We talked about school stuff at school stuff a lot. You know, I don't remember any particular story that was just mind blowing. No. You know, but it was it was just it like went, a long dialogue, right? And yeah. it was a, it was a good trip. We came when we arrived. Other than the fact that I almost had to take a sucker out. And he told me I couldn't put my chair on that side of the well, table. Well, that was that was uh, eight hours of the car boat yeah. showed up. Yeah, but uh, I don't want to piss that guy off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and boat did the right thing and made up with that guy. That's that right, nice. I did. Super Tech Boy asks, boat, if you had to teach at a school from a TV show, which one and why? Ooh. So he lists some schools: the school from Glee, the school from Boy Meets World. Um, boy, I'd love to teach at Bayside. I think that would be rad. Is Welcome Back Cotter School in there? I wouldn't want to teach there. That's no. That's not. Listen, I've taught in those areas, and that's not what that's like. Come on, <laughs> that's. <laughs> I love that guy, though. Um, yeah, I'd probably want to teach at Bayside. What's Bayside? That's where Saved by the Bell is. Oh God, that show's so bad. Listen, they're they live they're living the California dream as it existed in my head as a kid. I I always hated that show, but of course I know I'm out. You of were the also twenty five. I know. Yeah. I knew you were gonna go there. It's a bad show. Super Tech Boy asks, who would win in a fight to the death, Banjo-Kazooie or Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong would would crush. Donkey Kong's been around forever. Yeah. Banjo-Kazooie's kind of a weenie. Doesn't he have Tui with him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a dumb name, too. He'd eat that guy. Yeah. Uh, question three, is Wile E. Coyote the real victim? Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> That used to irritate me as a kid. Because I mean, he just, I mean, the guy just wants to eat. Right. It's one thing to beat him. You can outrun him. You have to humiliate him and smush him and kill him, you know? Mm-hmm. And why does he keep shopping to acne? What was he thinking? <laughs> yeah. On that. Find another vendor. Uh, Ingalls asks, I guess this has come up in some early episode, but how was your first meeting with the Amiga computer? And guys, never feel bad about asking another question again, because we have new people coming on board on Discord all the time and also listening to this show. Also, my memory's so bad, I can't remember getting asked before. What was your first meeting with the Amiga computer? My personal first meeting? I know this one. Good. So, I just knew a couple of dudes named the Walkers, all right? Texas Rangers. Mm -hmm. Chris and Brian Walker. And... At the time, uh, I think it was Brian that lived up on this hill uh, off Buff Creek, I believe. And I delivered pizza up there occasionally. I knew them through Rich, which mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier. Anyway, they were both big-time musicians, and I knew they were both computer guys, right? Uh, one of them was the first guy I ever saw pirate software anywhere. Like, I was the first guy I ever saw do it. And so I went up to their house, and they had a room with, like, a bunch of computers in it. And I knew they'd done a bunch of crazy stuff on Atari they had because I know they'd built a sampler through the joystick part in the Atari. They'd blown up the Atari, part of the Atari, but anyway, they had an Amiga there. They had it set out, and they had, they had it all hooked up to all their synths and crap. And they had all, they had several Amigas. And it's the first time I saw the Amiga, and then Brian gra- grabbed it, and kind of pulled it over to the middle of the room, and started loading stuff up on it on the TV. And I was like, "Man, look at this thing! This is some pretty awesome looking uh, games that are coming up." But my initial impression of the Amiga, and this didn't change for quite a while, was that it was all talk and no walk. Because I was coming from the PC, and the Amiga games to me at the time 
They had awesome openings and cool music. But they, when it got to the actual game part of the game, it wasn't anything great shakes. It's like, eh, it's okay. You know, uh, I had to learn a lot more about it before I could realize, okay, this thing's actually pretty good. And really, I didn't know for sure until I actually got my first one, which I bought it off a friend of mine, uh, uh, how good it was. So early on, I was impressed. But also, you've also, in the day, when you've got, just like anything else, when you own the other thing, and then you see this thing that sort of stomps the thing you've got, you're kind of hesitant to like say, like, oh, this is great, and mine's crap. You're kind of, you're kind of like looking at some angles. Right. But yeah, the first time I ever saw it, guy used it for music, then hooked up to his TV. The first time I ever saw an Amiga, uh, I had a friend in Boy Scouts. He was older than me, like six years older than me, and I was at his house, and he's like, let me show you my computer room. And he had a bunch of different computers, and he had an Amiga. But that's all. That's the I thought we'd heard that story. So yeah, his name was Eric Mines. Uh, he recently passed away. Do you remember what year that was? It would have been 90, early 90s. Yeah. And maybe, or yeah, probably 95, 94, 95, something I, like that. I think my first time seeing one was, I want to say, I, I, do, I, I think it was up to his house before I delivered pizza, so somewhere like 88, mm-hmm. something like that. Maybe early 89, but probably 88. It wasn't 87, I know that. Right. And it seems like it might have even been like I'm trying to remember if it was a 500 or 2000. It seems like it might have been a 2000. Mm-hmm. So it was, but it was I didn't have one for a couple more years after that. But uh, the really the first time I ever <clears throat> came into contact with an Amiga was when you got the motherload. How tell the story about how you got uh, the, the, that that big batch of Amigas? Well, you know it's so when I lived I've had an Amiga 1000 I bought off a guy, and then I I sold it. All right, because I need the money. And then years later, I bought another Amiga 1000 off the same guy. I don't know how you got another one. And then I had it up on Mud Mountain. Mm-hmm. And one year, Christmas rolled around, and I had no I had no job and no money. So I sold that one mm-hmm. to a guy. I needed the money for Christmas gifts, because mm-hmm. I felt bad. Mm-hmm. And then um, I came, I got a, um, I got a 500 somewhere. Uh, I don't remember where that I had at the house after that. And then... A uh, guy that I used to dupe software with, and I was good friends with his son. I ended up becoming good friends with him named Larry. He gave me uh, uh, an Amiga 1200. Uh, C, uh, uh, let's see, he got a, it was an Amiga 1200, a CD32, and an Atom. And maybe another 500. It was a lot of stuff. And, of course, me and Bo ended up getting the Atom going. That was fun. Mm-hmm. The 1200 worked. CD32 uh, worked pretty well. No, I take that back. I didn't get the CD32, but I ordered it off of eBay. Because I remember it came in, it was it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So that one I got, so it was the 1200. And the funny thing is, I remember getting the 1200 and the CD32 right about the same time. And I remember having the CD32 and then having the 1200. I was like, well, I don't need that. <laughs> but I have it, you know, but I don't need it, you right. know. But yeah, so it was a big, it was a, but, and it was because he got older and was mm-hmm. getting a little sick. He's still, he's still kicking, a good guy. Uh, but uh, me and him had a lot of fun. He used to love fractals. I'd go down in his basement, and while I was over duping Amiga software, he'd have his PC up, and he'd be generating fractals and play like Pink Floyd and mm-hmm. stuff. It was real cool. Yeah, you know, as a yeah. as a high school guy mm-hmm. or a guy that's just ebbing into college, and you're hanging out with this older oh, guy. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely, because I felt like, man, I'm here with like an old hippie guy. You know, right. that is. We used to have a lot of fun. The first time I ever used an Amiga was our house Amiga 500. When yeah, it was in my basement. Yeah, and that was no easy task. No. That we could make a whole show just on the antics of that. Yeah, you know that thing went to the ringer. Yeah, um, and what Amiga game is your fondest memory from back in the day? You know, I, you know my favorite games. You know all of them. Mm-hmm. Wings and 
Lionheart and stuff. But one thing that makes always makes me happy is that we played we played TV sports basketball. My buddies introduced me to it before I even had an Amiga. And what we did was we edited all the teams to be current. Mm-hmm. And my buddy added himself to the Lakers. I remember that. And so, and this my buddy's passed away. So me and Rich and Hose, we had a league, and we'd all go to his house and play. So it was real fun. And I thought to myself, this is just great. It's a real nice, warm feeling. My buddy had one of those. His mom and dad let him sleep, live in the attic. So he had like a whole top of the house was his room. Oh, that's cool. And he could pull up the ladder. Ain't nobody getting up there. So you could get away with all kinds of murder up mm-hmm. there, stay up all night, right. watch whatever movies you wanted mm-hmm. or whatever. And it was always fun to go over there and hang out. And I remember the beautiful memories of it being dark, just a couple lights, and we're sitting there playing basketball in the mm-hmm. Amiga. So that would say that's the one. When I think about my happiest time, that would be it. For me, it's not... On uh, the Amiga game that's my fondest memory, I didn't play on the Amiga. It's the Adams Family. Because literally every day after school, Hat Chad would come over. And we got this box of records from my my high school band director's brother. Yeah. Just a big crate of old prog rock and 70s crazy stuff. Yeah. And every day we'd just pick out another record and throw it on, and maybe it would be good, maybe it wouldn't be. But we'd all, I'd always play the Adams Family, and Chad would sit there and watch me. And that was great. It was great times. It was high school. That's what you did. Chad's a man of infinite patience. He is. Because I've seen you play out his family about 8,000 hours. He never gets tired. He never gets tired of it. So, um, And finally, final question of the round. Mitsuyama asks, how did you spend your time at Galloping Ghosts? Trying, oh. trying games you've not played before or revisiting old favorites? We could. This could be a show because I've got so many pictures. Of you stuff. know what? Maybe we should make this another. Maybe we should make a galloping ghost trip report as a yeah. Because I, I took I took a ton of pictures and I also took some video. Yeah. So what, why don't we table that for right now, Mitz? Yeah. We will do an insert disc two on uh, galloping ghost. Maybe Aaron can uh, set up some photos and stuff like that. And I uh, will say, uh, I've been to lots of arcades over the years, and this one was. It's not even close. This is the most incredible array of stuff I've ever... I'll never forget it. I've never seen anything like it. It was so far above anything I've ever seen that I can't even put it into words. There yeah. you go. So, stay tuned for that, guys. Thank you, as always, for watching. We'll see you next time. And until then... Adios. adios. Keep smiling.